Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from Chimpan A to Chimpan Z. This week on the show, joining us back in the monkey house from the Grub Podcast and Little Scamps is Ben Russell and humorologist Maggie Luke. Hello. Hello. It is a, both an honor and a privilege it's to be beaming uh, live from house to house. We're not that far away as well in kilometres wise, which is the weirder thing. It's like not like we're we're tuning into London, yeah, which is, would be exciting. And we're we're even closer in friendship. Yeah, we're also close because we're sharing a headphone, so yeah, it's getting it's getting pretty hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, it's real nice to watch <laughs> it. Um, so we're doing this via Skype sort of thing is that how you would describe it via satellite link up yeah so we've got a satellite link up and um we're recording and then afterwards i'm going to send you this recording and you are going to sync it all up and it's going to sound as if we're in the same room people are going to be like i don't believe them i reckon they're actually in the same room and they're just messing with us these guys are being irresponsible they're getting together yeah we don't want to we don't want to have some kind of riot monkey riot on our hands but no, we are we are far away. Speaking of, we're did being you see very that? responsible. Have you guys talked about that monkey riot? That happened? No. You this is do the that. first time I've had guests in three weeks. Yeah, right. There was a monkey riot in where was it? In it was Thailand. Thailand. Um, bunch of monkeys rioted because usually where all the tourists would feed them, uh, they didn't. So they their food source kind of ran out well i think it wasn't it was less of a riot more it was two rival gangs so it was a little bit uh you know um west side story style monkey where two rival monkey gangs went head to head um in the streets of this place in thailand because there was no there was no normal food anymore so they were fighting over food the footage is incredible it was was, choreographed sort of low clicking (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it should have um it didn't get enough. Like, if it w- the world wasn't crazy and there was two rival monkey gangs going head to head, that would have been number one headline. <laughs> yeah. But it really got shuffled to the base. Yeah. Because of other. Well, reasons. Remember, not too long ago, there was a few baboons loose in Sydney, and that was sort oh, of yeah. before COVID really kicked in. So I was in I was in Newtown at the time in Sydney, where they where they were amongst. Can you tell us what the vibe was like? Around uh, when the monkeys got loose, it was exciting. Name? People were excited. I think, um, I think Maggie just told me that the the more like the you know there's going to be a lockdown happening, and then all of a sudden the monkeys happened. And I was like, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah, monkeys got um, loose, and people were excited. People were excited for the monkeys getting loose, even though they were riddled with herpes. Matt, what do you think the mentality would be now if monkeys got loose? It would it be shoot the monkeys and then eat them, or would it be uh, entertainment if it happened I right think, now? 
I think it would be entertainment. I think people would be mm-hmm. hoping they hang around CCTV cameras so we could all keep an eye on them and have yeah. something to talk about. Yeah, it would be fun. I think there, it would be fun. Uh, Do we know if they can be affected by COVID-19? Maybe they'd be like out there just being able to live their lives normally. Well, I saw a thing recently that a dog died of COVID. What? what? Yeah, I hate to bring another animal into this. But um, yeah, apparently a dog died. Um, this isn't canid, mates. Yeah, and so <laughs> uh, we can pretend it's a monkey. But yeah, no, apparently. Not to talk too much about the zeitgeist, but uh, that kind of I rattled a few people. I thought that they... I'd heard that dogs were immune to it, so that's that's very sad to hear. There's a little the Pomeranian dog. in China. Oh, no. They're the ones mm. with the puffy tails. Yeah, yeah. little puffs. Uh, maybe it got caught in the puff. Maybe the puff worked <laughs> as some sort of a... Like a reverse filter. Yeah, yeah. that's right. A reverse filter. <laughs> Sorry to get scientific on you there. <laughs> so this week, uh, Ben and Maggie, I so we're sort of leading up to uh, putting the show on hiatus for a while after the, the 100th episode. So this is like the, I think the 7th or 8th last episode we're going to do for a while. Oh, and no. I put our vote out to all the listeners. What are the movies and topics we got to do before we finish and i gave you i think seven of the the top possible topics that the listeners voted for and you chose this Mm. week's topic ben why was that well uh you gave me there were two that were standouts for me uh one was ed with uh (laughs) matt leblanc wait Um, wait wait i didn't know you got an option yeah i got an option Sorry, you weren't. You weren't. Uh, I was in the, other room. Yeah, in the <laughs> other room, watching TV. He yeah. asked me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. He didn't ask you. He asked me. Okay. This is this is my sort of cross to bear. I mean, uh, l- you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Well, last time I was on this, I did the um, uh, what was it? The next top model? No, no. Uh, Project Runway. Remember that one? Yeah, that was that's me. Right. That was fun. That was that was very on um. In, in tune with me, so I'll, I'll let Ben have this one. Mm. That one really excited me because it, it started to feel like, I love those episodes where it's like, we can do whatever the fuck we like, even yeah. though it annoys some listeners, admittedly, but it's fun to go, oh, they dre- they made a dress that was based on a monkey. Let's do an episode That's about it. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That, you know, anything. Anything for content. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's Content is king in the end, you know. That's right. Or uh, queen. Orkman, oh. that's right. Thank you so much. You're so brave. I was worried. Uh, but I chose, I was going to choose Ed because it looks terrible. And it looks, you know, sometimes terrible can be fun to talk about. But ultimately, I went with Kubo for two reasons. One, I've seen it. Two, it is uh, actually an amazing film. So I was yes. like, let's go with, let's go with the positivity. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you did. Rather than something bad. Because I had. I'd never seen it, and it was amazing. And that it's was really before... Good. I really wish I knew it was stop animation while I was watching it. Mm. It doesn't look like it. It looks uh, computer-generated. Yes. That blew my mind. Yeah. but It, it almost isn't. defeats the purpose. Just do it on computers. <laughs> Save yourself all this time making the models. Yeah. If you can just do it on computers. <laughs> I think it's pretty... Let handle it. It's definitely some of the best <laughs> stop-motion animation I've seen in ages and it took a uh, it took them a long time to make uh, some of the youtube documentaries sort of uh, like featurettes behind the scenes stuff is quite amazing do on how they made it and all the models and things like that yeah they uh, they talked about how um just certain models took them six months to make individually just for one scene so yeah very hectic john i'm gonna read out i'll read out a little synopsis from uh, Rotten Tomatoes, for people who haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, That'd be good. Uh, okay, great. Here it goes. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings is an epic action adventure set in fantastical Japan from acclaimed animation studio Laika. Clever, kind-hearted Kubo, voiced by Art Parkinson of Game of Thrones, ekes out a humble living, telling stories to the people of his seaside town, including Hosato, played by George Takai, Akihiro, played by Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, and Kameo, played by Academy Award nominee Brenda Vakura. V- 
Vaccaro, even. But his relatively quiet existence is shattered when he accidentally summons a spirit from the past which storms down from the heavens to enforce an age-old vendetta. That's a big mistake. Yeah. And all he did to do that was be out after dark. Yeah. Stiff. The Moon King, which funnily enough is what I used to be called. Uh, you were, you used moon. to be the Moon King. Yeah, for different reasons, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep your ass in your pants, Ben, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I was like, I'm the Moon King. You can't tell me what to do. And then I give him a big moon. I actually uh, have, uh, when I was a boy, if I can just take us down this little memory lane. Can I just confirm I'm still here? <laughs> um, and I'm telling you, too. You know, you need to know this story. Well. No, sorry. I just want to say, I haven't seen the film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you'd be loving the synopsis then. That's why I was enjoying the synopsis. It was yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah. I did say, I did say we're doing Kubo. I mean, you were informed. Yeah. And you just, you just chose. I forgot this was happening. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, you got a lot. We're doing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of Twitter happening. Yeah, yeah. We're tweeting. We're doing. But anyway, I uh, one time, I was, me and my. Th- Two best childhood friends, Scott Patterson, Daniel Plichter. We had park. We were hanging outside the park. Uh, that uh, Scott Patterson's park. We all had like parks near our houses, and um, they were like, "Hey Ben, I bet I dare you to moon the next car that comes past." And I was like, "All right, never want to show him a dare." Next car that came past, uh, I gave him a big moon. And they stopped. They like squealed on the brakes <laughs> and they stopped and they got out of the car and I dashed up a tree. <laughs> like a little monkey boy. Yeah, it turned out it was Trent Duggan's parents who was a, chi- uh, a, such a, a good, Such a good childhood name. Yeah. Trent Duggan's parents. And they were like, who was that? And they really they t- k- k- kicked up a fuss. They liked what they saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm tired not to. I'm, I'm a real peach. Um, He's got it, yeah. Yeah, I've got a great ass. He does. It's quite um, good. Huge carbs <laughs> as well. Very well defined. Yeah, mm. yeah big cars, tiny ass, but ooh, it's a little teacup. Mm-hmm. Pop it in a teacup, have a little sip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Scott Patterson, they were like, who who was that? And he's like, I don't know. You know, true friend. Daniel Plichter. That's a real friend. Daniel Plichter snitched immediately. And... Um, they were like, ah, oh, Ben, yeah, good one. And he tried to come up the tree and he was like, oh, good one, mate. And they were like, come on down. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> anyway. I live here now. Yeah, that's right. And they, they ended up driving off. And uh, I never, they never, uh, they must have kicked up a stink, but um, I never got any flack back from it. So I didn't learn my lesson that day. I didn't, I don't know why people would be upset about a moon. I don't know either. It's I mean, just, a moon is a, it's not a, you know, I think if I saw a kid give that I knew give me the rude finger, which for out there, if you don't know, that's the middle one. Yeah. Um, I might pull over and be like, what's your problem? But if I saw a cheeky moon, I'd be like, oh, those kids yeah. they are just having fun. Unless there was a, like a pedophile on the loose and I was concerned over them putting themselves out there yeah. at such high risk. Yeah. yeah, really um, presenting. You don't want to do that. No. You d- <laughs> <It's like laughs> Cats do that, don't they? Yeah. Um, when was the last time you mooned, Maggie? Um, uh, we used to do it in the back of maxi taxis when we'd go clubbing in Brisbane. <laughs> we'd go down that, um, that freeway along the river. Coronation Drive leads onto the freeway. And when you'd get up speed... You'd flick up your little disco dress and slap your bum on the back and see how far you could go. And that was fun because then you go off the off-ramp into Fortitude Valley. Um, and no one no one knows who it is in that taxi. But the best bit is that you sit there, you put it up against the – we used to put it up against the back of the maxi taxi and then – It flick, being your ass. Your, the, yeah, your ass. And then flick on the light and so it suddenly – lit up for the car behind you. Like, it just was, like, out of nowhere. And then flick off the light like that. It was great. That's a tactic used in horror films. But also, you got to be careful when you're a girl and you're mooning against a screen because if you lean down too far, yeah, you can get full view. Yeah, hamburgers out as well. 
Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Um, I thought bo- you were going to go can- somewhere <laughs> tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> hamburger. A hamburger. <laughs> That's I think very that might good. be the crookest thing you've ever said to <laughs> <That's> me. <laughs> 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 yeah, the hamburgers for after dancing. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, sorry, that came out wrong. Oh. <laughs> 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 hamburgers for after dancing. <laughs> what is this? What is this show? What kind of ship you running here? Yeah. What was well, the last time? You moved, We're talking man. about a family-friendly film. You know, this feels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever mooned. You've never mooned. I've never mooned. No, I've never. I I, I would oh. say that'd be something you'd do if someone asked yeah, me. Yeah, you look like a mooner. You do, yeah. Yeah, um, look, I, it would have been a long time ago. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a private man. In a lot of ways. <laughs> you do, you're so private, you don't want to talk about the last time you moved. <laughs> I think that's a bit too private, to I be honest. Let us private. in. Okay? Yeah. That's what no, I'm want. not opening up to you guys. No, no man is an island, Matt. Okay? You need to tell us, by the end of this episode, when we finally get through to the synopsis, um, you are going to tell me the last time you moved. Okay? So just prepare okay. yourself for that. Think about it. All right. Did you, when, yeah, all right, I'll have a think. Um, <laughs> let's kick on with this synopsis, though. Maggie, you all must right. be sitting on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I want to know what happens. So, so <laughs> Kubo's now on the run. He joins forces with Monkey, uh, who's the character that makes it relevant to this podcast, who's played by Charlize Theron, yeah. and Beetle, played by Matthew McConaughey. Did, uh, can uh, I just stop you there? I did walk in on Ben watching a bit, and I thought that was Beyonce's voice. Which I thought would be cool because she'd just done um She's done the Lion King. She'd just done the Lion King, yeah. yeah. But this is not as new as the Lion King. This is twenty sixteen. Yeah, right. Um and <laughs> so anyway, so so Beetle Aren't you is glad this we're Beetle's here. a great character. Beetle's like a he he's been cur- he's an old samurai fighter who's lost his memory, but he's been turned into a beetle. He's like now a beetle samurai guy yeah yeah pretty sick uh so now that as a, this motley crew that's been put together mm-hmm. they set out on a thrilling quest to save kubo's family and solve the mystery of his fallen father the greatest mm. samurai warrior the world has ever known with the help of his shamisen a magical musical instrument kubo must battle gods and monsters including the vengeful moon king played by ben russell uh sorry what? ralph fines <laughs> ray fines Damn it. And Great the times. evil twin sisters, uh, played by Academy Award nominee Rooney Mara, to unlock the secret of his legacy, reunite his family, and fulfill his heroic destiny. Can I ask, is this a. Um, who. Is this Pixar? Dis- it's not, none it's of those guys. None it's of the ja- it's that ja- just ja- Japanese. Laker. Japanese. It's uh, an American studio. company called Laker. It's American, is it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Interesting. American company, Japanese story. Yeah, right. But what were their other... Fi- Do you know... Th- are you familiar with them, Ben? They no, made one called Paranorman. Oh, really? They did Paranorman. And then one other one that uh, rang a bell as well. Let me find it. Um, so, yeah, they're. I think that they're well known for their stop animation. I guess, yeah, are they sort of like the American version of Wallace and Gromit or something? Mm. Oh, that's cool. I really like Only their style. And they yeah, do it's very every, distinctive. With this one, they I think it works so well with the theme and everything like that. They make everything sort of get, have an origami, papery look to it. Yes. I don't know the how colors. they do that. No, I don't Blown know. my mind. Because I just watched one about how they do the waves, and they apparently they just tried all sorts of different materials like garbage bags and... Um, shower curtains and all sorts of things to get the effect right. So they also have done Coraline, Paranorman, The Box uh, Trolls. I've seen Coraline. That was really good. I really liked that. So that was their first feature. Yeah, right. That's um, about the, all... the girl and she's like got a doll or something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah. I remember it was really good. Yeah, that's right. It was right. Tim Burton, wasn't it? In, in it my head, Tim it's yeah, it's a Tim burton thing. But it, I don't think it was Tim Burton. I think it was just sort of... In that style. Tim Burton-inspired style. Yeah. So they've got quite a good, like, flexible style on them, you know, with, with Wallace and Gromit, you know, it's like 
you know when you're Ardman. watching. Yeah, when Ardman, you know you're watching an Ardman one because they yeah. have a very unique kind of animation style. But these guys seem just a little bit more sort of flexible on their style. They like to experiment with different styles, and I think they do that quite well here because everything looks like paper, and our main character, Kubo, it, his power is with origami. Oh, cool. Hmm. So, yeah, he plays this instrument, and he can, um, he can make the origami do anything. And as he sort of goes along, he starts um, realizing that he doesn't even have to really ask so at first he has to sort of specifically ask the origami to do stuff, and then he found that he started just feeling it, and it, like it be, became more powerful as the film went on in that way, I guess. Mm. Mm. Like Matilda. That's right. Yeah, I think it's it's a, there's a little bit of a correlation with Matilda's work for sure. Um, what? Why is it called the two strings? Because his guitar had three strings for most of the film. Ben, tell me that. I think because it has two, because the strings that he uses is like his mother's hair and, uh, like a his father's bow string or something like that. Right. Oh, yes. So, yeah. and then he uses his own hair in the third string. So it's the two strings that he uses, which is his mother's and his father's. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kubo and the two strings. It's yeah, so they u- they've got Kubo sorted, and then the other two strings are his mother and his father. I would have called it Kubo and the Good Hair. But, um, <laughs> I'd watch that. Just me. Yeah, that, well, that's why you are not in charge of that film. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of your favorite parts? Oh, I I mean, I I loved all the stuff with the Beetle Man. I thought he was great. Yeah. Um. The, there was that huge set piece with the big skeleton where they had to get the unbreakable sword out of its head. Mm-hmm. That was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was, there was a lot of funny moments. It, did, it did a lot of things well, I reckon. Yeah. I watched it yesterday and I've only just found out that it's stop animation. And I, I still haven't sort of got my head around that. Yeah, right. Is that? I think that's kind of pretty cool in a way to look back and be like, you just had the assumption that it was done with CGI and... And then look back that it's actually done with paper and yeah. all sorts of things. Kind of, didn't they? Was that was that the Lego Movie? Did they did that as well? Was no, it? Lego Movie was made to look stop animation, but in fact, it was all computer generated. So it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's. Re- I thought that was cool as well. Yeah, that was cool. What, what would the... you prefer? Would you prefer computer animation or stop animation? Well, I feel like it. It's for some for whatever reason, it's more impressive that they do it stop animation is more impressive to me yeah right i don't know why that is i know because i couldn't do anything when you you think about it it's like when you i remember seeing the like going back to ardman seeing when they like the behind the scenes for the first time like never seen how they did stop motion and how they have to go in move it very very slightly take the photo very very slightly take the photo i always thought like if you made a, a mistake and moved it too far or something like that, how far you'd have to go back and redo the whole thing to get that sequence. It's it's kind of like um almost going back to original movie days where they um you know, it was how it was all still pictures and then they'd blend it all together like that, but just keeping it going for a bit further. I like it. Yeah. The people loved it too. Um the Tomatometer on Rotten Tomatoes gave it ninety seven percent. That's the critics score. Based on 216 reviews. Did it win an Oscar? Uh, I feel like it might. Feels like it. If it didn't, what could have beaten it for? Let me look up what was Oscar that year, but surely. I'm pretty sure it was The Lion King. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was nominated for Best Animated Feature and Best Visual Effects, but didn't win either. Well, who won Animated Feature then? Well, that sounds like bullshit. I'm going to write a letter about this. You should. Let's see. Matt, have you ever written an angry letter? Oh. Are uh, you one of those people? I don't... Uh, maybe when I was an a- like an angsty teen, you know? Oh, yeah, really? okay. Back in the day, maybe I wrote a letter. I think I, I think I wrote a letter to the Green Guide one time. Oh, really? That was a happy... It was a positive letter about um, daytime TV being pretty good. <laughs> When was the last letter you wrote, Max? Because you are a letter writer. 
Oh, I can't remember. There's no. been too many. No, wasn't it to Mecca because the lady was rude to you? Oh, yeah, the lady was rude to me at Mecca. You I mean, like, I Mecca. don't like... Yeah, well, no, we're talking... Not the Mecca, oh. as in the, the, the Mecca is in the shop. Can you imagine I went to Mecca, in like the Mecca, and the lady was there. rude to me? There'd be no lady. <laughs> the lady was rude to me, so I wrote a letter. I think Where you would have you send to it? be Muslim to enter that city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think I just... Oh, I'm not coming across well. Let's move on. <laughs> Z- Zootopia won Best Animation in 2016. What? I've seen it was it was pretty good, but it was, it was no is, Kubo on the two strings. No, this is much better than Zootopia. Zootopia was it also, fine. Moana was also out that year, so I would have also put that ahead of Zootopia. I would have thought some there's some greasy palms happening there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a is that bit, a is that a Weinstein film? Oh, I bet you it bloody is. Yeah, he's good at greasy stink palms. All over it. Got a stink all over Zootopia. <laughs> It was Walt Disney, another guy who's been cancelled. Get him all away. Him more by death. Yeah, death is the ultimate canceller. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Been a few things cancelled lately. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. As as a um, kids movie, because I assume it's it's like it's meant for youngish people to watch. There's some pretty scary bits in it too. I mm. thought the um, Kubo's aunties were pretty scary with their yeah, they were very masks. Scary. It's also there's death in it. There's a lot of death. There's I mean, it, there's another string that it pulls, and that's the heartstrings. <laughs> oh, hello. Where'd you read that? <laughs> I just made that up. How's good is that? <laughs> Should we talk about the monkey character a bit? I think Why obviously uh, there's spoilers. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it first. But um, So okay. the monkey character comes about because Kubo's hanging out with his mum. His dad's been killed by some sort of a god, the Moon King. Um, yeah, well, they're far, like, uh, uh, they, they are. The, the twist is that I think her, his mother was like the, the sun, sun god or something maybe? I don't know. I forget. Yeah, she so she yeah. was part of the the god family. She yeah. was up there in the ether or whatever, and um, she but she came down to earth and fell in love with this samurai samurai legend, uh, who and then the two of them had Kubo. So Kubo's sort of half god, I guess. Yeah. So it's kind of like demigod. It's like Hercules, a little bit. It is a little bit, yeah. Uh, and then so the samurai got killed by the moon god, I think. And then, um, so his mum's trying to protect him. He's like, whatever you do, you got to be back home after dark. If you stay out after dark, you'll summon the moon god or the moon king. And he's after his and eyes. Why is he after his eyes? Well, he stole one eye and he's after the other of Kubo's. Yeah, he wants his brown eye. Classic moon king. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Well that done. was very good, Matt. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much. How old is Kubo? Is he a kid or is he? He's a child, yes. He's a child and someone's taken his eye. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it's messed up stuff. Never, don't, just don't try, don't take kids' eyes. Can I ask, is there there a flashback scene? Like a gratuitous Tarantino style (laughs) flashback scene of the eye? It's still a, it's still a a kid's film. A man's uh, taken his eye. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's pushing the boundaries of the 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 kids' film realm. Uh, no nonsense. There's it's hot. there's much worse kids' films. Bambi's yeah. mum gets shot in the first scene. Yeah, never seen Pinocchio it. So does thanks drugs. for spoiling it. Huh? Pinocchio does drugs and smokes. Does he? Yeah, I think Pinocchio is a little bit anti-Semitic. Is it? I think it's got anti-Semitic overtones. You know you, what? Does? Are you cancelling Walt again? 
Yeah, well, I just think, you know, it's one of those old stories and they can be a bit probo in those, those stories. Pinocchio in the original was a real piece of shit. I have yeah, to say right. Oliver Twist probably is the most anti-Semitic film going out there with that character Fagin. It's he's like a walking um, kind of Nazi propaganda poster. In, but it's in the 60s. Like, it's kind of, it's very strange. If you haven't seen Oliver Twist, don't watch it. Is it it's not in the 60s. It was made in the 60s. The movie. The movie, yeah. And it was made in the 60s. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the book. No. I was like, no, the book is... <laughs> that's not the 60s. But here's the thing. 1860s. You know the, <laughs> you know the kid in Oliver <laughs> Twist, who the, the actor, mm. he allegedly is the father of Michael Jackson's kids. Oh. The real one. Because if you... I mean, like, you know, I don't, I'm not a geneticist. No. But and she never pretends what? to be. I never pretend to be. Um, well, you didn't say you. You know, this is the first time I've heard you're not. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, lying by omission is still lying. <laughs> but if you and if you did, you did give Maggie a bunch of your DNA to I test. I did. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I hate. This is the wrong way to tell you. It's still sitting in our freezer. <laughs> <laughs> um. If you uh. Yeah, if you're bored, with, and I'm sure people have time on their hands, look up that actor. He was friends with Michael Jackson, and he looks exactly the same as the kids. What is this, Maury Povich? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little fun fact. Maury Povich. Do after. <laughs> you uh, are the father. Daytime TV. <laughs> good, yeah, good show. Great That's show. a big twist. That's even That's bigger than the twist in this film that we're yeah. talking about, Maggie. You want to run through the twist? Are you gonna? Yeah, do you so want to do it? Are you gonna spoil it for the listeners, or is that that? we assume that they they've, they've listened, listened? They've watched it. Okay, All let's right. say so. They've either they've watched it or they're not gonna watch it. Yeah. So they. What happens is the he stays out past the sun goes down and the moon comes out and Sounds long fun. ago and long ago somebody somebody left, left with, the, with cup. the cup. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, and then all of a sudden his twin, the, the sister, the aunts come out and they're freaky. And then a smoke monster comes from Lost. And uh, it comes and tears and destroys the village. And then he gets carried away by the enchanted robe. And he wakes up in a icy snowy tundra with a monkey. And that's where that monkey comes in. Which is a macaque, like a snow monkey, I assume. Oh, I yeah, I think it's a Japanese him. macaque. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Played by Charlize Theron. Not Beyonce. Not Beyonce. But so uh, before this, um, his mom has said, whatever you do, always carry this little monkey statue with you. It's like a little monkey pocket idol sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, It comes Um, to life, does it? Yeah. So basically what's happened is uh, the Moon King was about to get Kubo and his Mm -hmm. eye, but uh, his mom came along. And she was super powerful, and she saved the day, but it used her, the last bit of her strength. And then the very last bit of her strength she used to bring the monkey to life to help sort of guide Kubo. Mm. And the first thing that they do is kind of walk, walk through and they find this little ruins, and uh, and then they... No, they find a whale, and they sleep in the whale. He makes a little samurai origami, and it points them that direction. And they walk that direction, and then the Beetle Man. They come across the Beetle Man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey's Beetle Man, and he's yeah. like he's sort of comic relief a bit. He seems like he's just gonna he's sort of the goofy side character. Um, but we learn later on he's a little more than that. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I actually that made there. me listen. What happens? <laughs> uh, so they got to collect three things. They got to collect the sword. Something and the unbreakable the, sword, yeah, sword unbreakable. The, the the chest piece invulnerable, chest piece whatever, ribble, and then the helmet invulnerable. So mm. they got those are the three sort of quests that our hero is sent on this hero's quest. Oh, so this has just been the start. Yeah. Right. Can I ask now the sun god? She's gone. Is it dark all the time? No. No, it doesn't seem to affect it in that way. But, I mean, there's a twist coming with that as well because the monkey is also more than it seems. 
people aren't as they seem. And yeah. by people, I mean monkeys. So they go and they get the sword out of this huge skeleton man. It's sort of like almost like an Indiana Jones kind of scene. Mm. It's all, it's like a it's almost it's like a big jigsaw puzzle almost. They take what they think is a sword, but that uh, just wakens this huge bad guy. Mm. And his hair is swords, and one of those swords is the sword unbreakable. And they get it eventually. With the help of the Beetle Man, the Monkey Woman, and the little origami paper man. That's a motley crew. Name me a more motley crew than that. <laughs> motley crew. Okay. <laughs> Nikki Six. <laughs> See one of them? Tommy Lee. Tommy and Lee. Is that the only one we know? That's the only one anyone knows. <laughs> and he's the drummer. What are the odds of that? Yeah, they truly are. A motley crew. They get the sword, then they move on and they get, they go and get the armor. And the last mm-hmm. thing they got to get is the helmet. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, it's revealed that the monkey is really the mum. <gasps> oh. What? How is that revealed, Ben? I don't remember. So yeah, but she. The monkey is the mum. Is it the same voice? I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, it's funny that I didn't pick up on that. No, I think they kind of disguise it just slightly. Uh, but mind you, the mum doesn't talk a lot. The monkey. Yeah, that's true. So the son, the son, mum doesn't have, uh, isn't super chatty. So when no. she becomes monkey, yeah. You say monkey. Monkey. <laughs> <That's> good stuff. <laughs> then she can. Uh, you don't pick up on it. Charlize yeah. has been. Yeah. Now the twists don't stop there. Because later it is also revealed that Beetleman is his dad. What? Yeah. Huh? Imagine that's be like finding out Tommy Lee's your mum and Nikki Six is your dad. Yeah. <laughs> You'd freak out. So you? Absolutely freak me out. So, but his dad originally was a samurai god. No, just a samurai. I'm assuming he's good looking. He's very good looking. He's probably one of the hottest. So at the around. end, do they both yeah. turn back into mum and dad? Or am I jumping too far? No, in? they're spirits. Yeah, yes. their spirits live on back mm. as themselves. Yeah, uh, as, all, as they the all do. Two birds. They're the lanterns on a river. Off. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, there's a, they mentioned at some point during the film that the birds flying over her head sort of uh, take the spirits over to where they want to go. And then that happens at the end. Aww. So it's a bittersweet ending, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a what... real sad film. Yeah, it's it's quite sad. It really is. Like, does he have? What does he end up living? Is he just okay? Just lives by himself at the end. Like what happens? Well, I to think he Kubo? sort of comes to terms with everything, and he he just yeah forges on a bit. And because he's a storyteller in the village, before you know, uh, before everything goes wrong, as a child, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and I think he goes back and finishes. He never finishes his story. And he goes yes. back and he finishes his story. Mm. That's one of his key personality traits. Doesn't know how to finish stories. And I'm with him. It's Endings are hard. They're the endings hardest bits. Tough. They're always tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 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 I can't remember. the. Why does the Moon King want his eyes? What's the significance I, it, of this? It's something life? about him trying to see again, right? He he's blind. Yes, I think. And he wa- he offers to turn Kubo into a god, an immortal. Mm, but if, he's if he gives, take his eyes, so he'd be an immortal god that couldn't see. That's right. Mm. What would you do? Uh, I'd I'd go with Kubo, I think, and just you know, it'd be hard to turn on your mum and dad who fought so hard for you to not have to do that, and then and then go, nah, all right, I'll just. Yeah, give him, give him the eye, you know. Would you? <laughs> but what are the benefits of being an immortal god? You just live you're forever. immortal, and do you're you live, a god. Do you live amongst the world, or do you live in the clouds? You live up in the clouds, I think. But you can sort of pop yeah. down a bit by by the looks. Yeah, of it. he because the moon god he popped down. What does the moon god look like for everyone playing at home? He looks like an old old man, but then he mm. turns into like a sort of like a, a snake dragon. Snake dragon. Floating through the sky. Snake dragon floating through the sky. 
snake dragon floating through the sky. <laughs> You're gonna steal my eyes someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hearing that for a while. <laughs> we've been hit, we've been we make up a lot of different songs. A lot of songs happening. A lot of here. songs happening over here in isolation. That's all right. Well, I think that's a good one. They should add that to the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Just always the one that's in the credits. You know that they always end up like yeah. making a licensed song, getting some, getting like Ben Folds to write a song. I feel like they don't make song. I feel like every throughout the early noughties and mainly nineties, every mm. movie that came out had one of those licensed songs that yeah. came with it. Like all the like, or they'd put someone in like um, Will Smith. And men, men in Black, yeah, you know, well, like that song came out. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. every, even like, um, what is that? Uh, what is that one with Nick Cage that he was in the plane and he was like Face um, Off, not Face Off. Um, Con Air. Con Air. Remember the Con Air song? Like that's a, such a bad film. I don't remember the Con Air song. Yeah. Um. Ah, it, uh, it goes. Um. You'd know. The ballad, know. right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. You definitely know it if you heard it. Um. It's like the Aerosmith one in the. Love that one. Armageddon? Uh, Don't want to close Armageddon. back. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. Because his daughter was acting in it. Yeah. Right. Um, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. But they don't really do that much anymore. Oh, they still no, do. It used to be like that a lot, right? Yeah. Lion yeah. King had Elton John. Uh, yeah. All the Disney films used to have a big hit song. Yeah. Aladdin had some. I mean, they were musicals. They don't do it as much, but they still do do it. And the reason why they still do it is so that they can... Sneak in a little Oscar nom for right. best original best song. original song. Of course, that's why they do it. Oh. so that they can advertise the film with as Oscar winner, even though it's so mm-hmm. tangential. Even yeah. though it was just at the end of the credits. It is always you're right. It's always like we what are we watching Chicago the other day, mm. and they had um one in the end end of the credits. It you're was like, not in the musical. It wasn't even in the theme of the song. No. It was just kind of like Chicago. It's a musical. Yeah, Chicago. That's the opening scene. Here we go. Hey, Chicago. <laughs> it's a is musical. Is that what it was like living in Chicago, Ben? Yeah, everyone was singing, and um, it was really cold. Lot of then. lot of speakeasies. A lot of speakeasies. A lot of jitter, jitterbugs. A lot of flim flam. Yeah. <laughs> Heaps of that. <laughs> Heaps of flim flam. Where was the mooning story? Sorry? The mooning story took place in Perth, Western Australia. Right. It did where feel I, Australian. <laughs> yeah. Where <laughs> I, <laughs> was no it tr- Trent Duggan that <laughs> gave it away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no trees in Chicago. Trent. There's no Chicago Trent Duggan. You know? No. <laughs> Trent. Trent is a very Australian name. Imagine having a tiny little baby, a little fresh one, in your arms, looking down at it and being like, this one's Trent. <laughs> this one's yeah, Trent. Yeah, I can sell it. <laughs> Look at his eyes. That's a Trent if I've ever seen one. <laughs> That's a Trent. You're, you're basically really... saying you don't like your kid. Yeah. <laughs> basically, you're dooming your kid to a life of uh, just crime, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Trents so are going to be criminals 100% of the time. It's like Trent or like a Braden. What's Trent doing now? Will he I don't know what this? Trent Duggan's doing now. Trent Hard Duggan, time. If you're listening, uh, I hope you're doing well. And I uh, let your parents know that it was me that mooned them and I. it's one of the best things that I've ever done. I don't regret it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your mum saw my ass, and it was, and it's a good ass. So you know. I think it, it's strange because everyone's bum gets worse. Yeah, but mine. The older get, they get it. Um, mine gets better. It, that's well, because that's what I, what somewhere, I was saying, but somewhere in an attic, there is a there's a, there's painting, a painting of, <laughs> of my bum that gets older. <laughs> <laughs> the portrait of Dorian Bum. <laughs> I was just saying everyone in their mid-twenties should have done one of those plaster casts. Of their ass. Because oh, yeah. you never see it. You'll never see your bum. You'll never properly see your bum with your own eyes. Yeah. So I think that, I think we're all fools to not get a plaster cast in the mid-twenties, in our yeah. mid-twenties. 
so we can hang it on the wall and that that's what it once was, you know? And who at knows its what's going to happen with technology, you know? Maybe um, they could regenerate an arse, get an arse plant yeah. down the track. Well, they do have arse plants. Well, you plants. work in DNA. You I know. do. That's actually You're what I'm working on at the moment. <laughs> no, she, she said she was a genealogist where she studies genies. No! <laughs> <laughs> I've met them all. <laughs> <laughs> Aladdin. Uh, uh, the ones at the Apple store. No, that's geniuses, isn't it? Or is that genies? That's the plural. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're all called Genie, aren't they? I dream of Genie's name, Genie. Genie from Aladdin's called Genie. Yeah, where's where's Trent the Genie? Yeah, where is he? Where is he? Show yourself. So uh, this, the film ends with that scene, basically. It's the the big showdown with the uh, flying snake dragon. And uh, how do they defeat it? Does he defeat it one-on-one? It's with, yeah, his, defeats, it's with the with hair his, string. Yeah, with his strings. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. With his two strings. He got his first real two string. (laughs) He pulled a few strings. (laughs) It was a real opportunity for them to... Well, actually, the song... Did you... Do you remember what they played into the credits? No, I don't. It was a Regina Spector cover of uh, George Harrison's While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh. Actually, that's quite nice. I like Regina. quite a... Yeah, I, I like that combo. Have you met her? Never met her. I've seen yeah. her, saw her at Splendor a few years back. There you go. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think I left halfway through to see someone like Draft or something. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Um. <laughs> uh, so? I want you to rate it. I want you to give us a banana score. The critics loved it. I'd yeah. love to know if if you are there with the critics. I loved it in terms of uh, animation. Some of the best animation I've seen. I'm going to give it five bananas. Five bananas out of how big's your bunch? Five. Wow, it's yeah. the perfect bunch. Do you know my cousin is married to a banana farmer? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> you paused for so long uh, after you said banana. <laughs> Your cousin is married to a banana. You know, my cousin is actually married to a banana. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean any offence. <laughs> um, what score would you give it, Maggie? I think it sounds lovely. Yeah, so you'd I'm actually like it. You haven't um, seen it. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> you'd what actually score really do you like give this. Give the idea uh, of it. Um, I'll give it three out of five. I have a very short attention span for um, films in like this, like animation films. Deserved more. Yeah. So I'm giving my interest. It my interest banana bunch is three out of five. But when yeah. I watch it, it might change. Do you know what I mean? You get me. So yeah, it it's not super long. It's an hour and forty, which is pretty decent length for this day and age, where movies mm. all seem to go for over two hours. Mm. All the critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, they give little um, snippets of reviews. They're all mm-hmm. positive apart from one. Mm. And it's Australia's Jim Shembury from 3AW. Oh, his- Jim Shembury. He is an absolute, sorry, warning, uh, language warning. Uh, allegedly an absolute. No, no, I can prove that oh. he's a cunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he can take me to court and I will. Uh, he is an absolute cunt. One of the worst reviewers. He yeah, sometimes... Right. Obviously, you know, the Melbourne Comedy Festival would be going on. R.I.P. And this guy would be going to people's shows and he just hates any female comedian. Really? Yeah. Just absolutely hates it. So, Jim Shembury, no good. I disqualify him from from an opinion. I'm really interested to see the lawsuit of... This guy versus the primates podcast, like in all the legal <laughs> documents, <laughs> was discussing monkeys. <laughs> Moved quickly on to defamation. No, it's not. I don't think it's defamation. I think that it's a. It's. It's an opinion. Well, uh, it's also fact. Okay. So his review, uh, he gave it two and a half out of five. Yeah. And this was this line sums up his review. Man, it's gloomy. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Jim. 
pretty insightful there. Yeah, very. That, it's like, does that is that enough for it to be bad? I don't know. I don't think. I don't was know. he describing the sky? Like maybe they got it wrong, <laughs> and he was referencing something else. Maybe gloomy. Gloomy is not not. It's kind of not a great technical review term that you'd hear. It's almost like he's a terrible reviewer. <laughs> it's just like you've made that film, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Other reviews, I'll, I'll run through a few quickly here. Uh, Kate Muir from The Times in the UK said, uh, uh, four stars, a glorious flight of the imagination. Uh, Jacob Stolworthy from The Independent said, with utmost care applied to its every shot, the adults will be marvelling as much as the youngsters. Another four out mm. of five. Uh, another four out of five from Charlotte O'Sullivan, again in London. The animation, well, it robs you of breath over and over again. This well, is just like every other review is gushing. Yeah. And um, Rachel Wagner uh, wrote, uh, gave it an A+, plus, saying it really is a masterpiece. So, and then <laughs> your mate Jim Shembury Man, is it gloomy? <laughs> it probably didn't like it because the monkey was a woman and he's a misogynist, so. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jim, monkeys can be women too. Yeah, and he's like, no, I don't no, I don't like it. Monkeys can be women too. What's your favourite monkey, Matt? I know you've said it. I've never, I don't think I've ever settled on one, but um, I'll probably on episode 100, I'll have to come to some sort of a conclusion on this. Uh, Mon- monkeys are hard because there's so many kinds of monkeys. Great apes is a lot easier because there's only a few of them, mm. but they're all great. And that's the problem with them, I guess. Yeah, that's what. That's why they're called the great apes. Yeah, they're great. Um, was it Evan? Evan, you're a partner in crime on this. Often, what, he had a weird choice, didn't he? That he goes. To he loves Andy thing. from Toy Story. Yeah. Oh right, that's <laughs> which is just it's just insane, and he's got to be stopped. That's his favourite character. <laughs> That's his favourite primate, so pretty uh, wild choice. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing we normally do towards the end of the episode is we talk about uh, how much of yourself you see in the monkey character uh, in terms of uh, DNA. You'd know this, Maggie. Humans and chimps share about 98 99% DNA. Andy Matthews, who's some sort mm. of scientist, told us that on the first episode. So we try and see... How much of ourselves we see mm. in the monkey character as a percentage and a out of a hundred? He's and a good know, colleague. I work well together. I've worked with him on a couple of shifts. Yeah, a couple of genies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've rubbed wow. a couple of lamps at the, at the project. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, what was the question? Well, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this one, Maggie. But Ben, how much of yourself do you see in the monkey? The monkey in this one is a protector, but it's also a little tender. You know, it loves. Uh, Kubo and uh, I think I see quite a bit you know I'd like to see that you know I'm a protector and a nurturer um, and uh, I'd like to uh, groom myself occasionally yeah. mm. um, and I'm not a very good cook mm. so I think is the monkey a not a good cook that's cute well the monkey she cooks up a little stew earlier on out of whale guts but it's so supposed to be the mum so the mum's not a good cook yeah I'm a mother. I'm a nurturer, you know. She's so, but yeah, she also pretty distrustful. Do you see that as a as No, a I think that's where this that's where it ends. I'm quite a trusting person. She doesn't trust people or people don't trust the monkey. She doesn't trust people. Yeah. But also I think that trust stems from protection, wanting to protect yep. Kuba at all costs. So, you know, I can understand that. That it doesn't come from nowhere. Um, so yeah, I think I do. I think uh, like maybe I would say like seventy five percent, seventy percent, or at least I'd yeah, like great. to anyway. Whether that's I agree with most of what you say there as well. I'd like to all those things. A lot of uh, attractive and admirable traits. Uh, I'm gonna give yeah. it. I'm gonna say I'm sixty nine percent in common. With we- the- <laughs> well, oh, I didn't even notice that was just a picked at random. Uh, really, that's. Brings oh, us no, to the final section of the show where we thank a few patrons. Would you be up for hanging around while I read out a few of these patrons? Of course. Sure. We uh, so <laughs> if you support us at patreon.com slash do go on pod, uh, you support this show as well as do go on, uh, which this week was about the disappearance of Bobby Dunbar. It was oh. about a boy who, a four-year-old boy went missing in 1912. He turned up eight months later and uh, the story was sort of 
got wild from there. And yeah, um, I know this one. Yeah, so you can check that out at Do Go On. Uh, there's also Book Cheat Podcast, which this week is about uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. And also the podcast Listen Now, which the first season was 19 episodes long. And it was all about the back catalogue of Australian iconic pub rock legends, Cold Chisel, which I recorded with my cousin. Hot tip, if you're all locked down, there that's some good listening right there. I'd say There's go so out much. and give it a bloody go. Yeah. Uh, but one of the rewards you get by supporting us at patreon.com slash do go on pod is you get uh, a thank you and you get to tell me something about monkeys or primates, your favourite mm. or anything you like, really. Mm-hmm. And this first one's from Orla McGrath. Great name. Great and name. Orla Great She's hey, all Matt. right. <laughs> hey, all right. All, all right. Is all all right with you? That's pretty good stuff. All right. Buddy, yeah. Maggie's a regular ostentatious fan uh, for those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the rights. Hey, Matt, I did say this to you when I met you in Dublin, but might as well say it again because these primates are pretty great. My favourite primate is the bonobo. And I think mm-hmm. this quote from BBC sums up why pretty nicely. Quote, bonobos are miniature sharing, caring chimps living in hippie communes with no aggression and lots of sex. Pretty, I think that sums it up pretty nicely there. Yeah. Uh, mm. They are also all bisexual, live in a matriarchal society. Their brain is naturally wired to feel empathy. And perhaps my favorite fact is their name means nothing. Bonobo comes from a spelling mistake on a shipping crate headed to Bolobo, <gasps> Zaire, in the 1920s. Ah, I love That's that. That's wild. What a great fact. Great. What a great pick. Well done. You're, you're both Bonobo fans, aren't you? Huge. Yeah, I like bonobos. We've been. We were talking about it before. I'm more of a orangutan man. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm probably in the orangutan camp when it comes to the great apes, as well. Um. Um, Yeah. I remember talking to you two about this show before it started, and you. I think you both thought I was joking a fair way through the conversation, um, but then. Uh, when you realised it's being serious, you were very excited about it. You're both very passionate primate lovers. Yes. Are you talking to us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, uh, Jane Goodall just walked into the room. Sorry. <laughs> I actually did um, a photo shoot. Um, you know, I don't know if we will have newspapers anymore, but, um, you know, in the newspaper, sometimes they'll have someone doing something wacky in a photo that's like, holding a dog in a tree or, you know, like wearing a fancy dress and it's promoting some kind of festival. Yeah. I, I did that one time for the Jane Goodall Foundation and oh, it was cool. about recycling mobile phones and it's me sitting at a desk with like 600 mo- old mobile phones around me just s- looking at the camera. And then, and then it was, I think it was just a, a person I knew that was a publicist at the time asked me to do it. And then I got a Jane Goodall book we've got a big thick one a big thick biography and you know never read it but it looks good in the shelf so yes we are big fans big fans oh that's great yeah do you have that photo still somewhere i'd love to post that out i'll try and find it i think it might be on facebook i'll have a look yes yeah, it's a uh, uh, it was uh, i think about six years ago seven years ago so i look good so yeah definitely hey. Hey, Maggie, what's thicker, the Jane Goodall book or Ben's ass? I'd say the Goodall book. Yeah, I'm not thick. He's not thick. I'm just well-formed. He's not, it is not, it's not, it's not, <laughs> he's not a hippie man. You know, those no. men with just a little bit soft hips. That's not a good look for me. He's is like a normal man. And if you got like a teacup, right, you put, packed it with sand, right? And then you pushed yep. it against someone's back twice. That's exactly what the bum looks like. <laughs> that sounds wild. I'm I'm so sad that I wasn't in that car passing by all those years ago. So, when was the happen. last time that you mooned? Just uh, finishing off, you know? Um, I think... I, re- I definitely remember mooning uh, or at schoolies, which was... I went to Torquay, so an unofficial schoolies. And... Um, yeah, uh, remember Classic. one of my friends said, "Never, don't do that again. You, you don't have you. It's a bit full on." 
<laughs> but he wasn't what? he wasn't saying the act of mooning was full on, just my particular ass. <laughs> Very good. Well now you've got my attention. <laughs> yes, please. Let's get yum, some yum, mirrors yum. out. Let's uh let's let's see what we can see sometime soon, Ben. Yeah. Um, yeah, great. Let's explore our bodies. Couple more quick ones from the patrons before we wrap up. This one's from Jack Ferry. He writes Hi, Matt. I haven't had one yet. My favourite monkey is the squirrel monkey. Their faces are too cute to be real. Oh, oh yes. They are cute. You're right. I like squirrel monkeys. Fantastic suggestion. Jack Fairy. Love that very much. Uh, Jason Frey writes, My favourite primate would have to be Krusty the Clown's trained chimpanzee, Mr. Teeny. He may be an aggressive chain smoker, but he manages to put up with Krusty every day and has even saved the clown's life on occasion. He has bad days where he attacks or just gets really sassy with Krusty. But who doesn't get mad at work from time to time? I think we can all see a bit of ourselves in this showbiz champ of a chimp. Fantastic can I, suggestion, Can Jason. I just <laughs> ask you, Matt, can you reread that and replace the names Monkey with my name and Krusty's with Ben? And that would 100% describe our working and living relationship here. Wait, so Ben is Krusty? Yeah. And you're Mr. Yeah. Teeny. I'm the chimp. Yeah. Go. I want a bigger lolly. Just the first bit. Uh, my favourite primate would have to be Ben Russell's trained chimpanzee, Maggie Luke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she may be an aggressive chain smoker, but she <laughs> manages to put up with Ben Russell every day <laughs> and has even sa- saved the clown's life on occasion. Yeah, that I think that adds up. I didn't know yeah. you were a chain yeah. smoker, but... I've switched to the vape. I've switched yeah. to the vape. I'm a vapor now. But, you know. Yeah, right. Sometimes I go back. It's a bit of fun. Something to do. Vaping no is going to yell at me now. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. No about the smokers. Ranny Tabri writes, I agree with the second banana, which is Evan. The human is the greatest primate. All the best people I know are humans. If I had to choose a non-human one, I would go with the bald Uakari. Am I saying that right? Uakari. Mm, I don't know. Have you seen those? Uh, Bald ones. That's fun. You haven't even seen one Urukari. No. Not a, not a no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't they, even seen, seen a full-headed he- head of hair Urukari. I don't know. Have one. you ever seen uh, Captain America and the bad guy Red Skull? Yeah. It kind of looks like the, his face is red like that, but then his body is uh, like a beautiful mink coat or something. Like an old school Ooh. foofy sort of jacket thing. Sounds fabulous. So it's like a real weird mix of um, glamour body and then just a wrong head. That's a good one. It does sound fabulous. I think you're right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. What a fun time it has been. What a great time. We've had a great time. Yeah. We've learnt, I've learned a lot. Uh, where can people find you? Comedy Festival started yesterday in uh, <laughs> the alternative reality. Yeah, in alternative reality, but in re- in this timeline, uh, you can find me on the Grub Patreon. Uh, we're doing a festival of the Grub at the moment, which is just a, a month of regular slash daily content, really. So that's with... With who? the Grub Podcast, with uh, Greg Larson and Ann Edmonds doing something. Uh, it's going to be a... It's a good time. And yeah. what's the... What's the How do they look for you online? Is it just look up the Grub on the Twitter... Or the Facebook, or even Instagram. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, the and big like three. The, yeah, hmm. you're doing something on Instagram at the moment, aren't you, Mags? Yeah, but I'm just gonna keep that. You gonna keep that? Yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna keep it private. She's doing something. Uh, figure it out. That's the that's the task. You gotta find it. You gotta follow her, but she's not gonna tell you, which is, you know, not helpful. <laughs> and hopefully, we can find that photo of you with lots of phones. Oh yeah, hmm. I'll try and find it. Absolutely, I'll give you that one. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, uh, Maggie and Ben, you probably remember this, hopefully, that uh, we always sign off with our classic primate-related catchphrase that you guys riff in the moment. So I'll say thank you so much for joining us, Ben and Maggie. And as we always say here at Primates Podcast... Tum to you, tum. Tum, tum. That's what the monkey (laughs) says. We did it. We did it!
podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 